This is Evan Yu, creator of Vue.js, and you're listening to the official Vue podcast. Today is Tuesday, April 3rd, 2018, and I'm Greg Pollock. And I'm Adam Jar. Links to all the stories we talk about can be found at news.vuejs.org. You can also submit a story to us there if you ever have any stories you'd like us to cover. We'd love to hear from you. CoreView members Chris Fritz and Sarah Drasner have reorganized and rewrote the documentation for components. It now includes improved examples, more detailed explanations, and a more cohesive flow. Check them out. At ViewConf last week, I spoke to each of the speakers about what they were most excited about in the next year of Vue.js and created a five-minute video I published last Friday. Oh, did he speak to Evan Yu? Yeah, and Evan is most excited about the 3.0 release of the CLI and the 2.x Next branch, which will improve reactivity and performance. Other speakers were excited about the Vue Cookbook, the 1.0 release of Vuetify and Vue Test Utils, the 2.0 release of Nuxt, and better TypeScript support in Vue.js. If you want to be notified the moment ViewConf talks are posted live, you'll want to hit the Notify button over on ViewMastery.com forward slash ViewConf. And they're totally free. Nux 2 is almost ready for release. And when released, there will be a few breaking changes, but it's primarily focused on improved stability, performance, and a better development experience. And what's next for Next? Well, it'll be using Webpack 4, which is quite fast. And you won't have to explicitly define vendors because Nuxt will automatically add core packages, which helps Webpack split your code in the most efficient way. And you can take complete control over chunk splitting. There will also be an improved CLI experience, among other improvements. I've always wanted to split my chunks. <laughs> I really have no idea what that means, but I want to do it now. Where can I learn more, Adam? Well, you can find all about it on Nux Medium article, which goes into depth about what's coming and what'll be breaking in Nux 2. I'm going to break all your chunks. Okay. <laughs> At ViewConf, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Sebastian Chopin, who introduced me to a project of his called Community, spelled C-M-T-Y. Sebastian noticed two big problems with GitHub issues. The first is that often GitHub issues can become cluttered with questions people have about a project. You know, how do I install this? Which is not the best place for them. And the second problem is that when people start to report bugs or request features, they sometimes aren't as detailed as they should be. Sometimes. Are they ever as detailed as they should be? <laughs> no, I don't think so. So CMDY solved both these problems by providing a community website that separates questions, bugs, and features into different kind of like forums. And when you open a bug, it gives you many different form fields. So it will help you describe the problem. Like what? Like what version this issue is on, a reproduction link, steps to reproduce, what is expected, what is actually happening, and additional comments. Nice. That's smart. And is this like instead of GitHub issues? Here's where it gets really cool. It's not replacing GitHub issues. It actually syncs with GitHub issues. So when you create a bug report on CMTY, it creates a bug report on GitHub issues. Same deal with comments. They sync back and forth. However, if you open up a question on community about Nuxt, it doesn't create an issue. It stays on community. Right, that makes sense. Questions about your project shouldn't be bogging down your actual GitHub issues. Exactly. I'm excited to see how this works out with the Nuxt community, and, and it'd be great to see other open source projects adopt it. You can check it out at cmty.io. Parcel version 1.7.0 has just been released. This is that fast zero configuration web application bundler. The new release includes 15 major new features and fixes lots of bugs too. The highlights include full support for .view files out of the box, 
support for long-term caching of assets, a brand new module resolver, and more. Read about all the features in Devin Govitt's article. Yesterday, Derek Sozo wrote up a post on SEO best practices for Nuxt.js. Ah, because Nuxt allows you to create a universal application that generates HTML pages for every page in your app, rather than a typical single-page application that Google bots just wouldn't be able to read. <laughs> you got it. And Derek also walks you through how to set up default and individual meta tags for your pages, which the Google bots also care about. What else does he cover for good SEO? Well, you can create meta tags for dynamic pages and also properly handle 301 redirects. If you use ConvertKit, an email marketing tool for creators, you might have noticed that it's using a lot of jQuery. In a new video on YouTube, Adam Wathan live streams himself taking a ConvertKit opt-in form and, well, converting it from jQuery to Vue. I met Jin Looper at ViewConf, and aside from founding Vue Vixens, an organization dedicated to getting people who identify as women interested in Vue, she also works for Progress, the company behind NativeScript. NativeScript allows you to write one code base to create a web app and a native iOS or Android app. Right, and Jen recently wrote an article showing how she built an app in Vue with NativeScript. She walks through how she built it and how she's working towards a rewrite using a new WIP Webpack template that allows you to create one repo for true code sharing between iOS, Android, and your web app. Hmm, but aren't the templates going to look different between native mobile and web? Yes. So the way she sets it up, picture a view file with one script entry and two different template entries, one labeled for web and one labeled for native. That sounds great. View Design System is a set of organized tools, patterns, and practices that work as the foundation for view application development. Viljami Salmanen breaks down how to implement the system in a new blog post. And what's the process? Throughout some design sprints, the team will first figure out organizational challenges and then define principles for their design system. They'll create a quick draft, the product's color, type, and spacing, then do further exploration before settling on a unified design direction, which they'll iterate on. These sprints end with a living documentation that includes design principles, type scale, color guidelines, and spacing usage with additional prototypes. Check out Viljami's post to learn more about the system. At ViewComp, Chris Fritz presented a full-day workshop on proven patterns for building view apps, and his slides for the talk are now available online. One of the biggest pieces of value from his talk was just learning about his Vue Enterprise boilerplate GitHub repo. Oh my god, are we in the enterprise already? I did not sign up for this. They'll never take my red stapler. <laughs> no, I'll make sure they don't. This Vue Enterprise boilerplate is a starting point for an SPA Vue project that integrates many of the best practices Chris mentions in his talk. If you're just getting started with Vue, we've now released six completely free videos over on ViewMastery.com to help you get up and running. This week, you can learn about class and style binding in a quick video with a written article plus a coding challenge. Vue CLI has made it pretty straightforward to create a Vue app from the command line, but what if you want to configure a Vue project from scratch using Webpack 4? Hopefully there's a tutorial for that. There is a three-part tutorial, in fact, and in the series, Daniel Cook walks you through the process from start to finish. Check it out. Speaking of building stuff from scratch, have you ever written your own view router? No, can't say that I have, and I imagine it wouldn't be easy. Alex Hover Morales just finished a four-part series where he's built his own Vue.js router from the ground up. He shows how you might create routing behavior from scratch, which properly tracks browser history, can lazy load routes, and can be loaded using a plugin. 
As you build out your Vue application, you're likely going to want to build custom components for simple things like input text boxes. Right, that way all your input text boxes look and behave the same throughout your application. But things can be a little tricky. First, you have to create components that work with the V model directive. Then you have to add events your parent component might want to listen for. Right, like input change or blur. And you might want the component to have props. Like input name, label, or value. Right, and lastly, you might want it to implement validation, which can also be tricky because if you're using a text field, it can have different types of validations. Right, because a text field could be an email, date, price, or just a plain old text field. You got it. And this week, Abdelrahman Awad wrote up a great tutorial with code examples showing how to create a custom input component and then use it with vValidate library to do proper validations. Thanks for listening to the official View News podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for the latest news in the Vue community.